Am I spotlighted yet? <clears throat> there we go. Yes. Thank you, Robert. Um, Amen. Um, of course, this is not the first time that I'm with you, brothers, but it is uh, heartwarming to know that there are uh, there's a significant <clears throat> bump, you know, in the number of uh, brothers that are uh, joining us today and uh, hopefully also tomorrow. Of course, we will be with uh, not only just ourselves, but also with the churches, uh, with the saints across Canada. Uh, I consider these, uh, these times of fellowship to be uh, uh, critical, uh, not only important, but even critical, and may I say even strategic, uh, to our personal going on with the Lord, uh, particularly in the matter of our serving, our service. And needless to say, this is uh, strategic, not because we are anybody, but anyway, uh, the Lord has redeemed and saved us. The Lord has called us, and by his mercy, we have responded to him, consecrated ourselves to him, uh, to be useful in the uh, in the master's hand um, to um, advance his interest on the earth today in his recovery that is not a small thing so um, uh, for us to be able to come here like this uh, from you know from the east to the west in Canada um, I, I consider this a not a small matter. So um, uh, let us set aside these uh, two days for unto prayer and also unto the word of the Lord, and that is his speaking to us. I pray that these words uh, would have a convicting effect and an inspiring effect, uh, even a adjusting effect to all of us who are here. Now, um, uh, yes, um, uh, you have been given an outline, and I'm not going to go through this outline as, you know, in many conferences and um, and trainings, just to go through an entire outline. However, I will use it <clears throat> uh, to discharge the burden that the Lord has put within me for you. Um, <clears throat> so um, what are we going to talk about today? I want to talk about your service to the Lord um, in the context, in the context of the service of the church. And that is the service of God's priesthood or New Testament priesthood. Um, and uh, <clears throat> um, I will mainly divide my fellowship into two parts uh, because we're starting a little bit late. I hope you don't mind my speaking will go to at least uh, 9.15 Pacific time, if not another five minutes more. But we will still have at least 10 minutes for some brothers to respond. Uh, the first part of my speaking, I want to talk to you about um, uh, um, God's um, um, economy or God's uh, plan um, insofar as what he wants to gain um, in, a, in a nation, in a kingdom of priests. 
this is consistent both in the Old and in the New Testament with Israel and of the church. It is consistent. Uh, indeed, it is something that will, uh, this matter of serving the Lord as a nation or a kingdom of priests will last actually through eternity, at least through the millennium king, millennial kingdom, uh, if not through eternity in the new Jerusalem, where um, in verse 3 of chapter 22 of Revelation, it says, and my slaves will serve me. There it is. In the new Jerusalem, there will still be slaves. Of course, these are happy slaves. Uh, nevertheless, these are still slaves of Christ, the slaves of God, and they will serve him. I love this verse, uh, to have such a uh, eternity to look forward to, where we're not only there and uh, enjoying the tree of life, drinking the water of life, being uh, shined on by the light of life, uh, with all the uh, blessings um, that we see in the new Jerusalem. But there is uh, this one thing, that there is still a temple there. Well, that temple actually is the lamb, um, a person. And that means when there's a temple, there's a place uh, of worship uh, rendered to God. And who will be doing that? That would be those who are now today in the Lamb. We're saved, uh, we're redeemed, we, believe, we have believed into Christ. So we're in him as our real temple today. As what? As not only the redeemed elect, not only the uh, regenerated and unto transformed and glorified um, um, chosen ones. But brothers, I like to tell you, we will still be slaves serving him in the most glorious way, in the most blessed way. From the very beginning of my, uh, uh, my uh, Christian life, and I count that not from my day of baptism, but a few years after my baptism, <clears throat> when I was uh, in the last year of my high school, the last two years, the Lord came and called me. Um, I was saved already. Um, and I, <clears throat> that, at that time, after some wandering year, a few wandering years in my junior high and high school, I returned to the Lord because he drew me uh, with the um, uh, um, uh, chords of a man and with the bands of love uh, to, um, to, um, to be constrained uh, by, by, by the love of Christ to serve him uh, for my whole life. And from that point on, uh, my whole path, uh, human path, um, is determined um, by that goal, uh, is controlled or governed by that calling. And so um, I enter into the church life shortly after. And so all these years in the church life, in the Lord's recovery, it should be now uh, technically... Uh, uh, 53 years, over half a century. I must testify to you, my dear brothers, 
that this matter of serving the Lord, serving him, is still directing me, still um, controlling me, uh, still um, uh, bidding me and and calling me upwards. So uh, I'd like to speak to you about this service to God, this glorious service to God. So the first part I want to uh, talk to you about this uh, from the um, uh, from mainly the picture of the Old Testament related to Israel, and of course uh, Israel being a type of the church, uh, and the Israelites, the uh, the Hebrews, uh, all being a type of us, the believers um, uh, of the Lord in the New Testament. Uh, this picture should be most meaningful to us. And many times, a uh, picture is better than a thousand words. So I hope to show you this picture and um, to um, refresh us, to um, uh, recalibrate us uh, in this matter of our service to the Lord today, in this age, in the churches, in the church life, in the Lord's recovery. Uh, then I would like to say something about what uh, our services are. Of course, uh, what are the aspects of our service? What do we do? Uh, you know, we have this outline concerning all the ages for God's move. I will talk a little bit about, about that uh, to define and to um, give some uh, details and uh, some principles concerning uh, how we serve the Lord in the church life. Uh, of course, these are all great subjects, and I'm not here to um, uh, expound the details, but I hope the Lord would inspire us. The Lord would actually call us again this weekend to himself. Now, um, um, my first burden for you is, brothers, uh, not a small thing, 600 uh, plus sign up. Uh, to do, even right now, the number of participants here is over 500 just in this meeting. Um, I don't know what is the total number of saints in, in uh, Canada. It has to be three to 4,000 saints. Um, so to have 600 um, um, uh, brothers, uh, that would be a quarter, a fifth. Uh, of the uh, number of believers in the churches in Canada. Uh, that is um, quite encouraging. And may I say this also, even though this is a meeting for the brothers, you must know that the sisters are just as important, if not more. Uh, I hope in the future we will not just have brothers uh, serving brothers meeting in a way, we need more the serving sisters meetings. And if we have 600 brothers, may I suggest that we should have 1,200 sisters in such a service meeting for the dear sisters. And I'm not just throwing numbers out. I really mean what I'm saying. Imagine in Canada, across Canada, today there would be 1,800 to 2,000 uh, serving ones. These are the ones who are um, 
uh, ex, uh, that are consecrated, that have um, 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 offered themselves to the Lord, that have that are consecrated uh, persons, um, they made a certain vow uh, to the Lord to be of use to Him, to be for Him, to live their life unto Him. Uh, imagine, imagine, we're talking about um, up to half of the number of brothers and sisters in the churches, the many churches in the uh, in Canada, um, serving in this way. Uh, goodness, brothers, I, I cannot imagine what the Lord can do and will do and what the Lord can bring about in the future of the churches there in Canada. I cannot imagine that. That is not a small number. I know we are small compared to Christianity. We're small compared to the denominations. I know that. But still, to have uh, 1,500 to 2,000 serving, active serving saints in the churches, something mighty will happen. Something very, very uh, impactful will happen. Uh, Our church life, if all these ones serve in a proper way, in a willing way, in a zealous way, the church life will just um, um, uh, be be, uh, greatly enhanced and greatly mobilized and greatly vitalized um, uh, in many, many aspects, in the gospel, in in shepherding, in the uh, the meeting life, and in in the uh, various services in the church. I just can, cannot imagine, even as I'm speaking, I'm getting, you can tell I'm getting excited um, uh, about this. Um, <clears throat> you know, a long time ago, Brother Lee um, in, uh, uh, said that uh, Canada is like a, a, a sleeping person, uh, that uh, no matter how, uh, uh, how much the uh, alarm clock uh, rings, he won't get up. You know, this is years ago. Uh, I like to uh, uh, declare that that is an old Canada. This is not the present Canada, and this is absolutely should not be the future Canada. Uh, Canada is a is a um, is a recovery that uh, we don't need the alarm clock. You know what I mean? We are just. Vigilant, we are exercised, we are um, uh, alive, we are certainly awakened, um, um, we are um, uh, children of the day, we are the uh, 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 children of light, um, we are active, we are um, 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 animated, we are, we are just um, uh, a vital, a vital testimony of Jesus. I, I believe that that will happen. And let's give ourselves to the Lord to cooperate with him to make that happen, shall we? Now, um, uh, uh, brothers, um, now, um, I'd like to just uh, say this first. You have the uh, uh, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, this strong, strong concept that God's people is to be a nation. They have been redeemed. In the Old Testament, they were redeemed, surely, from Egypt, right? You know that story of the, uh, Moses uh, uh, dealing with Pharaoh on behalf of Jehovah, um, and uh, eventually how um, uh, 
at the end, uh, God came to judge Egypt by killing all the firstborn and by the shed blood of the lamb and by eating the lamb. Um, the Israel, as one man, as one army, uh, exited, hence the word exodus. They left Egypt. They uh, crossed the Red Sea. They went to the other side, which is the wilderness. Uh, sometimes we think wilderness is bad. You know, usually when we talk about wilderness in the context of going into the good land as not a good place. But I must tell you, in the context of exiting, leaving Egypt, Wilderness is a wonderful place. It is a place where there's nothing but God. There's no uh, garlic. There's no uh, cucumber. There's no Egyptian uh, uh, flavor. There's no world. There's um, where God's people is free from the the, uh, uh, Pharaoh's usurpation and tyranny and and slavery. Um, They were liberated. They, They left. Uh, this uh, this uh, nation that have uh, <clears throat> um, captured them for over 400 years, now they're leaving, uh, young and old, with their flocks and herds, uh, to go into this wilderness to do what? Well, that is the question, to do what? Um, uh, I will come back to this, uh, but... Um, uh, uh, and again and again, uh, it, it is made clear that um, this uh, this uh, uh, Israel uh, people, you know, uh, I just read one verse to you, Exodus 19.6, um, just one word. Uh, and you shall, you meaning Israel, Jehovah said, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Uh, um, let me say it again. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Brothers, I hope today you will pray with this. You will, um, um, uh, with all of your heart, you will pray with this. Um, Jehovah's heart, Jehovah's desire, Jehovah's um, a purpose to, um, to um, uh, bring Israel um, uh, out of uh, Egypt is for a purpose. And uh, let me uh, read to you this very touching words. You know, when Moses uh, went up to the mountain to, uh, to, to be with Jehovah, and he said this, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, you know, how he destroyed them, how he uh, judged them, and how I bore you on eagle's wings. Eagle's wings simply means God's wings. You know, the eagle is just God. God himself is like the eagle, and he has these wings, and he bore the Israel, all the children of Israel, on those wings, on himself, and brought you to myself. Isn't that touching? To bring them to himself. God is not in Egypt. God is in the wilderness. The um, um, uh, uh so he bore them on eagle wing, eagle's wings, brought them to himself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my personal treasure, my peculiar, my particular treasure from among all the people. For the earth, all, the earth is mine. Yes, there's a whole earth with with many, many races, many, many kind of people, many, many nations, but you amongst all those people are my personal 
treasure. You are peculiar to me. You are particular to me. You are special to me. Brothers, this is Israel. Now, when I say this and read this, you have to think about ourselves as the church. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He was the merchant who did not spare all, who gave his everything. He sold everything to gain this treasure, this pearl of great price, this treasure in the field. He is not only saving the field, he did, but he's after a treasure. Dear brothers, we are the church of God. We are his particular treasure, even his personal treasure, like Israel of old. And verse 6, we come to this verse, you shall end, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. So you can see here, brothers, God's saving us, redeem uh, uh, the uh, uh, Israel. And redeeming them from Egypt is so that they can be his <clears throat> for his enjoyment, right? For his satisfaction. And so that they will be to him a kingdom, a priest, and a holy nation. So there are two things here. Number one, a priesthood. A priesthood, a co- corporate priesthood. A priesthood <clears throat> for what? For serving him. For serving him. And when we talk about serving, brothers, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you have this clear uh, implication or meaning or definition, and that is worship. When we say we serve God, that is equal to saying we worship God. We worship God by serving him, and when we serve him, we worship him. It is not just to accomplish something. It is not just to do a bunch of things. It is to render him worship. God desires worship. He wants his people to worship him. And let me take this further. The real worship of God is the real enjoyment of God. When we say worship, we don't mean sitting in the cathedral, standing up and sitting down. We're seeing a group of people that serve the Lord, serve God by enjoying God, by enjoying all his provisions, by enjoying all his dispensing. And then they will what? They will um, um, uh, um, be with be with God. Um, and 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 uh, become a satisfaction to God. As God satisfies them, they satisfy God. And together with God, they enjoy each other, and they find rest and satisfaction in each other in this way. That is the full, real meaning of worshiping him, and hence that is the meaning of our serving him. So, brothers, serving the Lord is the highest enjoyment. You know, we have a song in the uh, in the hymnal. Um, uh, we we uh, um, uh, 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 dwell with the King for His work. Do you do you know that song? Uh, we dwell with the King. Uh, uh, it is His work and not ours. That song tells us. That song that hymn tells us that serving the King, taking care of the business of the King, uh, is the greatest joy on earth. Brothers, we we must get rid of the idea to serve God is is a drag. To serve God is wasting our time. That to serve God is no. To nothing is more glorious than serving the Lord. 
in this universe. It's something we will do in eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. Brothers, we have to see this. And this the Lord spoke to through Moses to Israel in a very, very clear way. Now, the other side of this is there to be a holy nation. And of course, the priesthood and the, and the kingdom or the holy nation being, being, being a, uh, a, a kingdom, um, um, uh, God's people being a kingdom, basically fulfill, uh, and it harks back to Genesis chapter 1 on God's purpose in creating man, number one, in his image, and uh, to express him, and number two, what? To pro, uh, proliferate or to reproduce and multiply, and what? And they will subdue the enemy to deal with God's enemy. Uh, that is the side of authority. So here you see the priesthood and the kingship. The priesthood and the kingship um, is to fulfill God's uh, purpose in creating man right there for expression and uh, representation for life and for authority. Um, So today we are talking about serving the Lord as his priest. His priest simply means that we are people who live uh, in his presence. We are those who are... um, enjoying himself as everything to us. Look at these priests in the Old Testament. They, they, they eat a certain diet. They are clothed with certain kind of a priestly clothing. They live in the tabernacle. All these things provided by Jehovah for them. And of course, they do things. They maintain the tabernacle. They, they carry all the utensils. They erect the tabernacle. They take it down. They did many, many things. Uh, um, they, uh, of, uh, uh, of offerings and, and, and so on. Of course, there are many things they did. But primarily, you see a picture of a what? Of a group of people whose everything is God himself. God is everything to them. And what they are taking care of, what they are handling every day, is simply all these things that are type of, a type of Christ. They are actually enjoying God. They are actually having the top enjoyment of God. Levi, as a tribe, you know, because of their faithfulness to God, slaying all their brethren after after um, uh, they committed idolatry, you know. They were separated as a special tribe to serve God with the house of Aaron taking the lead as the priest and all the rest of the tribe as Levites working along to serve God around the tabernacle, you see? And it, it is, we know that this tribe has no earthly possessions. When they divided up the land, there's nothing for this group, this tribe. But you know what? The inheritance, the, the, um, the um, uh, possession of the tribe of Levi is simply God himself. God himself. Brothers, I hope that we can we 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 can see this now. Um, um, in the New Testament, we see the same. You know, especially when you read First Peter and Peter, being a Jew himself, certainly study these things, and of course Paul as well, and John as well, and so they all make references. All these three apostles to such a priesthood. 
being fulfilled in this age by the church, by the church. The church is the present-day Israel, is the real Israel. We know that, according to Galatians. And the church today should be that kingdom of priests. Indeed, in uh, Revelation, John say, what? And uh, we have been redeemed and we have, and so on, uh, released by uh, by um, uh, the Lamb's blood, and we are uh, uh, made. We are made a kingdom of priests uh, to God, and we will reign on the earth. Again, you hear, you see the two things: the priesthood and the kingship. We are saved. We are redeemed, my brothers. Not just to go to heaven for sure not even just to have a good Christian life, so to speak. We are redeemed to be serving priests, worshiping priests. This is the meaning of our life as believers. And also to be what? To be kings, uh, reigning with him even today, reigning in life. And so um, uh, we have been just uh, redeemed and, and called out of every nation and tribe and people and, and, and tongue so that we can be such priests. And, and, in, in, and, and let me project in the millennium, um, we will be priests of God and of Christ and will um, uh, uh, reign with him for a thousand years. So not only in this age, but the next age, not only the next age, but in eternity, we will be priests serving him and kings reigning with him. Um, brothers, brothers, it is the same with Israel in the Old Testament and with the church in the New Testament. Now, now, uh, I have a particular burden um, uh, here uh, in looking, going back to the picture in the Old Testament of um, of Israel um, in the story of them leaving Egypt and then serving Jehovah. Uh, I'm burdened. Why? Because, brothers, um, today uh, you and I, you and I may be uh, saved and we may be um, um, uh, consecrated to some degree, uh, but our service to the Lord may not be up to the standard that he wants, or our worship to the Lord is not up to the standard that he desires. Um, We still could be not serving the church, serving the saints, serving the Lord in the church life to the degree that we should. Uh, I'm burdened about this. When I talk about 1,800, 2,000 saints, I mean those who are really given to the Lord to serve, to serve uh, in the church. And today I'm speaking just to the brothers. You know, I was this morning, I... This burden came to me this morning, I will tell you. I woke about 5 o'clock, and Lord, what should I speak to these brothers? What what do you want me to say to the brothers? And this thought came to me, and these verses came to me. 
And I'd like to read some of these verses to you. And in, interestingly, these are all the verses that uh, were spoken again and again and again by um, Jehovah and by Moses. And listen to me, even by Pharaoh in these, uh, you know, nine or ten conflicts, so-called, um, between Moses and uh, and Pharaoh, actually between God and Pharaoh, and that is through Moses, in this very tough negotiation, if you will, to um, to uh, ask Pharaoh to release the ch- Israel and the children of Israel, God's people, to go. And I want to you to uh, listen to this, these kind of uh, words that occur again and again and again, from Moses' mouth, and, you know, um, and surely, actually, with the help of Aaron, but originally that is from God himself. Um, in uh, Starting with uh, Exodus uh, 5, uh, when God called Moses, when God met Moses and called Moses, he immediately made it very clear to Moses what his commission was, what he was to do. And that is to leave Egypt to serve him. He says what? He says, um, let my people go that they may, uh, uh, let me, let me, let me see here. Yeah. Uh, let, th- th- this is, uh, uh, um, uh, starting with the first conflict, the first conflict between between um, um, Moses and, and Pharaoh, it is clear, and that is the same the same negotiation. And and I say negotiation. There's no negotiation here because God did not negotiate with Pharaoh. God says do it, and God Pharaoh resisted, and a plague come. And then God would say, I you know say something. Pharaoh resisted again, and then he stepped up that judgment on Pharaoh. That's what happened. And he says what? He say, uh, say to Pharaoh, thus say, um, uh, I mean, Moses and Aaron said to Pharaoh, thus said Jehovah, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me, a feast to me in the wilderness. There it is. This is it. Brothers, this is the battle. This is the 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 uh, the uh, the commandment. This is God's plan and purpose. Let my people go. You have they've been here with you for four hundred years. Now it's time. Let them go. You let them go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. All right. Let my people go. You know, this morning as I was thinking about this, I was praying in a way for all of us brothers. With what prayer? Let my people go. Let my brothers go. Let all these brothers go. Let them go. Pharaoh, let them go. You know who is Pharaoh? Pharaoh is not only the king of Egypt. He is the one who usurped Israel. He is the one who enslaved 
Israel. He is the one who tyrannized Israel. He is the one who is a slave master. Am I right? To um, um, make Israel work to build uh, uh, um, cities uh, in 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 uh, in in Egypt uh, to to work for him. In other words, Pharaoh is a type of the devil keeping God's people in his kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, to occupy them, to preoccupy them, to take away all their time, to take away all their energy, and to usurp all these things for to, to serve him. And in return, they will get to enjoy something of Egypt. That is a picture of the world. Now, my burden is this, my brothers, is that there is always a fight between God and uh, Pharaoh for us, for us. And Pharaoh will usurp our time. Pharaoh will enslave us. Pharaoh would um, use the enjoyment of the world and the things of the world to keep us there as long as he can to serve him, to serve him and to serve his needs and purposes. But God wants his people out. God wants to release them from that bondage, to release them from that usurpation, to bring them out from under that slavery of Pharaoh to serve him. Israel is not to serve another king in another kingdom. Israel is not to serve Pharaoh. Israel is to serve Jehovah, their God. Brothers, we have to be clear about this. We are not saved. We are not here as God's elect and God's people to serve today's Pharaoh, the king of this age the God of this age. And Pharaoh is doing everything, everything, the whole world with all its systems, with all its departments, with all its enjoyments, with all its uh, um, riches and money and, 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 and entertainment and, and all kinds of things to keep you, to usurp us, our time, our energy, our heart, basically to serve him, to serve mammon, rather than serving God. There is a struggle for service in this universe. There is a battle for service, for worship on this earth. Between what? Between the devil and God. I like to ask this question. Who are we serving? You know, I know uh, there are many young brothers, you know, you are uh, getting married, you got married, you're raising children, you have to do a job, you have to um, uh, take care of your family. I know that, brothers. I did that also. I did that also. But, brothers, through all that time, all that time, I know it's always a fight. It's always a battle. The question is, 
who will I serve? Who am I serving? Pharaoh or Jehovah? Satan or God? The world or the church? Brothers, this is the battle. Now, let me read, read something more. Uh, you know, you know, the first thing Jehovah say uh, is this, is that let my people go that they could would hold a feast to me. Do, do you know, brothers, that God wants a feast? Jehovah needs a feast? Well, we can say, well, you're God. The whole earth is yours, and uh, you, you just do what you want. No, no. He wants his people. He wants us to hold that feast to him. That means to enjoy him in his presence. That's what God wants. He wants, therefore, he wants his people to be sanctified, to be separated, to be released from the world, from Egypt. I will tell you today, the fight to serve the Lord is a battle with the world. It's the world that is preventing us from serving him. I'll just say it in plain words. Are we, you know, if you are and I are in Egypt, we cannot hold a feast. The only place to hold a feast to, to God is in the wilderness, is in the wilderness. In a very good sense, the wilderness is a lovely place where there is nothing, really nothing, no, nothing Egyptian, not, no, no Egyptian enjoyment, also no Egyptian slave labor, just this place with only God, with only God's provisions, with only God's people. And here we will, what? Hold a feast to him. We will worship him. We will enjoy him. God will be everything to us, and we will be everything to him in this wilderness. Brothers, this is the church life. This is the church life. And then he talked about this. um, Jehovah, the God of Hebrews, has met with us. This is Moses' testimony. And now let us go a three days journey unto the wilderness that we may uh, make, we may sacrifice unto Jehovah our God. This is, this is Exodus 3.18 when Moses was called. So the, the, the second thing that Jehovah said is go three days journey. Go three days journey. You know, that means a distance. Don't, don't, don't stay at the border of Egypt. You know, get away out of Egypt. Leave Egypt. Go far away into the wilderness and sacrifice unto Jehovah. I like to tell you that in serving the Lord, a, a, a very important concept and principle is what? We sacrifice unto Jehovah. We make offerings to Jehovah. There's all kinds of offerings. You know, uh, later on, Peter, in uh, in chapter 2 of 1 Peter, he talks about we are a uh, holy priesthood to offer, and we are a spiritual house 
to offer spiritual sacrifices. So you have in the New Testament, absolutely fulfilling the type of the Old Testament today as that holy priesthood, that sanctified, separated priesthood from the world. We are here daily, all the time, sacrificing to God, making sacrifices to God, offering to God. You say, offer what? Well, you have to go go and read the footnote there in First uh, Peter 2. Uh, I will mention to you a, num- a, a few things here that is in the New Testament. Number one, number one, <clears throat> we offer our bodies, you know, present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Brothers, to give ourselves, our time, our energy, uh, what we have, what we are, um, to, to, to present ourselves in this practical way to God, Paul says it's the most reasonable service. Anything less than that for us is unreasonable. So we to present ourselves is making sacrifice, right? And then uh, uh, it says what? You know, in the Old Testament, the sacrifices are all the types of Christ. And so for us, to enjoy Christ and bring Christ to God, to bring Christ to God in the meetings, let's say, right? Uh, whether whether it is the prophesying meeting, whether it's in the prayer meeting, whether even if that's the Lord table, we are there doing what? Not just meeting. We're there offering. At the am, am I right? In the in the um, um, at the Lord's table, even uh, we are there. Uh, uh, Actually, making the sacrifice, Paul says in Hebrews 13, the sacrifice of our lips, the praise and confession of his name. So, brothers, even to offer praises to God is a sacrifice. And then in the uh, uh, prayer meeting, do you know what we're doing there? We're there offering up what? The prayers. We are here to light the lamp, to burn the incense to offer up and to, uh, you know, to, to offer up our prayers. That is the offering. Our prayers are offering. This is a service. That's why our prayers are service. It's an offering. And then, you know, what we do at the prophesying meetings and meetings like that, we are there not only to mutually edify one another with our prophecies, we are there actually offering Christ to God as we minister to one another to speak something of God, to speak even God and Christ to one another. We are there making offerings. We're there making offerings, you see? And then let me use another example of offering, to offer our material riches. In the New Testament, it's very clear. Paul considered this, uh, his, the, the, the uh, believer's offerings to him, right? To the, to, to, as, as, Sweet-smelling, safer, savor offering to God, even to give our material, the material possessions, to give, uh, to make financial offering. This is not a small thing, brothers. This is to serve the Lord. So I'm making the point in the New Testament, just like in the Old Testament, we are here. What in the wilderness, church life, sacrificing. Unto God. Oh, brothers, it, this is the church life. 
This is the church life. And that's what we are doing uh, every day and every week. And I will just uh, um, say this. Um, there, when Moses was uh, uh, dealing with Pharaoh, it's all about about letting the people go, letting the people go to the wilderness to make a feast with Jehovah, to sacrifice unto Jehovah. Let my people go. I am looking to the Lord and I'm declaring, Lord, let my brothers go. Let all this 600 brothers go. Let all the sisters go. Let all of your people go to serve you. And I'm, I'm very touched that, uh, what, at the end, Moses, uh, Pharaoh, because he was dealt with because of all these plagues, he got the point eventually, reluctantly. Even Moses, even the Pharaoh said this. Pharaoh said this more than once. He said, go. Now you go. Okay, okay, go. Go and serve Jehovah. Even Pharaoh, that means God won. God won. Go and serve your God. Well, I, if I want to hear something from the devil, I want him to say that. Go, just, just go, just go and serve your God. Brothers, there is, Pharaoh is still there holding us back, still usurping us, preoccupying us so that we are not fully released. We don't have a fully emancipated heart so that our time and energy are still in reserve or reserved so that we are in, not entirely um, uh, given to the Lord to serve him. <clears throat> you know, brothers, <clears throat> I got my degrees from college. I got my master's degree. <clears throat> I worked and, 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 and I uh, had a job. Uh, I did business. I did many things. Don't think I'm here uh, from day one, a full-time co-worker or something like this. No, brothers, I know. And I marry and I have children um, uh, and today grandchildren. So I, I live a life, a human life as well. I know the demands. I know the needs. I know the challenges um, uh, to take care of all these things. It's one thing to do our human duty in these things. We should do it properly as uh, proper believers. Um, we should do that, right? Take care of our marriage, take care of our family, take care of our children, take care. You know, we should do that. But brothers, brothers, be very, very careful. Lest any of these things could be usurped to, to occupy our heart, to take away our time, to compete with our energy so that we don't render unto Jehovah what is his, so that we cannot what really uh, wholeheartedly can say that I am here to serve God first. Love the Lord your God. That is the first commandment. <clears throat> 
And that love of God includes our serving Him. There's not a person who loved the Lord, really loved the Lord, who does not serve Him. I don't believe that is possible. Our love eventually is proven in our service to Him. Our living to Him and our service to Him. Now, you can study these things. I would say this is the first part of my fellowship. And now I would like to get to the second part. Well, well, uh, let me just uh, uh, say this. Today, the Lord is, I feel, at a kind of, the Lord's recovery is at a kind of threshold in North America, in the U.S., I believe in Canada. The Lord has done much in the past years to bring us to this point. Uh, Even after our dear brother Lee left us, departed from us 23 years ago, the Lord has done much, too much. Today, in the Lord's recovery, I'll tell you, we we are so blessed with so much riches of the truth. Look look behind me, all right? Uh, Look at the behind many brothers uh, 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 picture. Look at these riches. We we are swimming in in the riches of the truth. Um, And uh, am I correct? And the church life that the Lord has given to us um, not just uh, uh, spiritually, for sure, uh, with uh, so many brothers and sisters, and, and even physically. Look, uh, even uh, in Canada, you have built uh, several wonderful meeting halls. The latest one is in Vancouver, a beautiful meeting hall. I've never been there. I'd like to go there as soon as possible. But all these are the Lord's blessing, even physically. Our families, our children, our wives and husbands, uh, and, uh, and the work, the jobs, all these are the Lord's blessings to us, we, we have to say. Am I right? And, and, and brothers, today uh, we are uh, blessed in, 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 in the Lord's recovery with a really an unprecedented one accord across the earth, for sure in Canada, for sure in Canada and here in the U.S. And, and brothers, I, my question is, what is this all for? What what is this all for? If this is not for God, for his need, for his interest, for his work, then then brothers, we we are squandering these blessings. Uh, we are not being faithful um, uh, uh, in spite of these blessings. I feel today we are the churches are really at a threshold of a new era, a new era of the Lord's move, where his testimony will even be uh, be, be uh, stronger, where the, the, the lampstands uh, uh, of his testimony will shine brighter, where many more would be um, uh, seekers and sinners will be brought into uh, his testimony, his recovery, and so that the recovery will greatly increase. Uh, I believe that we we are even looking forward, my brothers, to a new revival, uh, to a renewed and revived church life, 
um, uh, much more than what we have experienced ever, ever, including the early days in 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 uh, Los Angeles or wherever. You know, I'm not here looking back at good old days. I'm looking at glorious days ahead of us, ahead of the recovery. I don't think I'm just dreaming. If I'm dreaming, I'm sharing Brother Lee's dream. He said, I have this dream for a new revival, a great revival in the Lord's recovery. My goodness, brothers and sisters, here we are. Here we are. You know what we need today, amongst other things, is what? Serving ones, serving brothers, dedicated brothers, committed brothers who are here to cooperate with the Lord, to coordinate with one another so that all this can happen. Trust me, if 600-some brothers are all like this, are all fervent and zealous and given like this, brothers, I like to tell you, my, there's too much. The future is indeed glorious, glorious in Canada. Now, uh, with just uh, 10 minutes of remaining time, I'll be very quick to come to the, uh, the, the other side. And there's something in your outline. You don't need to look at your outline. I'm not going through it. I'm just bringing up something. And here, it, you know, uh, uh, it, it, we're coming to talk about service. I'm still talking about this concept of service. So, um, uh, the Israel went to the wilderness, right, <clears throat> to to worship God, to uh, uh, make a feast to God, to 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 serve Jehovah, and of course they were brought to Mount Horeb. The Lord given them the law. The Lord Jehovah make a covenant with Israel, and included in that they are in order for them to be this kingdom of priests. All right, this kingdom of priests to serve him in this kind of a way. There were many, many what ordinances given by Moses, right? Including the pattern of the tabernacle, including the ordinances for the priestly service, including so many ordinances related to the uh, uh, the, the offerings and 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 many things. So um, you have in the book Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers all touching this matter of their the service of Israel to God. And uh, uh, here, uh, I want to just mention this thing. It is in your outline in, um, ab- ab- about the numbering of the serving ones, of, of, of the people of Israel, of all kinds and of all ages. This is a picture again of the church life, of the church life. Just remember this. In Exodus, um, uh, you have the, uh, Exodus 30 actually, you have this matter of the expiation silver, uh, that uh, each man have to give, you know, um, uh, and eventually that silver is used for the building of the tabernacle, but it is for their ransom. This is so that they can serve, they can serve. And in the book of Exodus uh, 30, 
um, uh, there's no distinction of what age and and, and anything like that. Uh, everyone is the same. You know, everyone is half shekel. So, uh, so the point is, uh, brothers, in terms of our redemption, our experience of Christ's redemption, we're all the same. There's no different. Young, old, um, uh, we are all of the same value, if you will, in the eyes of God. So this means everyone serves. Everyone serves. Everyone's redeemed. Everyone's qualified. There's no high or low or no. Uh, it's all the same. This is Exodus because it's a book on redemption. Now we come to Leviticus. There's also another kind of numbering. But Leviticus being a book on what? On consecration or devotion or vows. You know, this is the book of Leviticus. Uh, there are there start to be different evaluations according to their age. So, uh, you know, you have time, you can look at them. Basically, you have uh, those from 5 to 20. Well, those from one month to to, to five years, and those from five to 20, and those from 20 to 60, you have these different age groups. And there is a value or evaluation placed on these different age groups. On the one hand, as redeemed ones, we're all the same, all right? But in terms of our what? Of our consecration, um, there is a different kind of valuation there. And here, here, the the younger they are, one month to five years, it is their value is not that high because these ones are young, they are immature, they are not so strong, and therefore their usefulness in a practical sense is not as great. And those from what uh, 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 five years to twenty, they are valued higher, but still not that high. All right. And then finally, from 20 to 60, they have the highest value. I don't, I forgot 50 shackles or something like this, because these group, this group from 20 to 60, this, 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 this group of people, they are the ones who, what, who are the carry the main weight of the service related to the Lord's testimony. And in the related to the tabernacle of the testimony, and that is the church, the church life today. Today, my brothers, if you are within this age bracket from 20 to 60, you have the highest value relatively to God. That doesn't mean others don't have value, but you have simply because you're in an age with the kind of energy you have. Um, with the kind of maturity you have, uh, you should be bearing the most burden in the church life, in the church service, in the in the church affairs and needs. It falls on this group. You know, twenty to me is includes college age. You may say, "Really?" I say, "Really." I remember. When I was in college age, I was full-fledged serving in the church life, really. And then when I work, when I went on, and all these years until now, I'm serving because I am the, um, uh, you know, brotherly say, the waste. Huh? 
all the uh, all the torso, all the middle part of the body. And indeed, the working saints are in this uh, in this age bracket. Um, I hope that this point is impressive to you. Then finally, in the book of Numbers, Numbers, now we come to what? It is a book on what? A book on service plus warfare. Service and warfare. In fact, in fact, if you go read chapter one of the book of Numbers, you will find that what? You'll find that these two things are conjoined. The service they're talking about is a military service. Why? Because God has an enemy and God has to protect his kingdom. And so there is simultaneously the need to fight God's enemy and also the need to maintain the tabernacle. Today in the church life is the same. We need to what? Fight and, and and I'll tell you, it is a warfare, right? The church life is a warfare. Our service is therefore a warfare. You know, these days we're very burdened for prayer, the prayer life. I tell you, the prayer, whole matter of prayer is a warfare. It's battle. And at the same time, we have to maintain the tabernacle. That is the Lord's testimony in so many different ways. The church life is so many different aspects. Let me mention these four main aspects, okay? We're going to talk more about it later on, maybe in the next session. Okay? Number one, the preaching of the gospel is absolutely a warfare. The preaching of the gospel, the bearing of fruit to gain the increase for the church life. Number two, the shepherding of the believers, the shepherding of the saints, the shepherding of the young, the shepherding of the weak, the universal shepherding of the believers. This is the second area of service. The third area of service is the what? Is our meetings. You know, the church is ecclesia. That means an assembly of God's called out ones. So if the church doesn't meet, there's no church. We are an assembly. So the meetings are important, whether it is meeting in the hall, meeting in the home, just our meeting. You know, uh, in Hebrews it says, do not stop the assembling of yourselves together. We are a meeting people. It is by congregating, by meeting, by assembling, we're here to serve the Lord and minister Christ to one another to build up the church. So that is the third area, our meeting life, our meeting, our service in various diverse meetings. All right. And number four, I would add this, is in the various Levitical service of the church. There are many needs, right? We're still in a practical church life that needs to be taken care of. So at least I can tell you there are these four areas of services. So Numbers is talking about this service, which is also a warfare. You know, our meetings is a warfare. It is. We have to fight for those meetings, right? Um, and, uh, and shepherding is surely a warfare. Those who have shepherded know the kind of prayer we need to pray for the saints, 
how we need to fight for our brothers to restore, to regain um, the 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 uh, the um, uh, weaker ones or the or the um, um, uh, backslidden ones or whatever it may be, and even to raise up the young people. You know, today to raise up your own children is a battle to protect them, to keep them, right? To be a proper person, to be for the Lord. So this is the book of Numbers. And in this, you have what? um, Mainly talking about age 20 to age 50. In this book, excuse me, uh, yeah, 20 to 50. And particularly... um, from 20 onwards is so that you can join the military to fight, all right? And from age 25, listen to me, 25 is where you, what, get trained. You get mentor. You have your apprenticeship from 25 to 30. And then from age 30 to age 50 is when you officially serve. Brotherly actually say these are the middle-aged people, <laughs> even 30 to 50. 30 and 50 is truly the waste. This is the serving, what, age of the Levites and of the priests. 30 to 50, at the prime of their life, they are to serve this tab- the tabernacle to maintain God's testimony. That is the church life. And then you say, well, what about over 50? Well, the word does say in Numbers that they retire. But actually, it's not retirement in the sense they have nothing to do. They retire to another kind of work. And that work, according to numbers, is to mentor and perfect these apprentices, these serving ones, so that they would know how to serve God in the tabernacle, in the church life properly. But the main ones who carry the bulk of the weight of the church life, the bulk of the weight of the meetings, the bulk of the weight of the gospel and shepherding are 30 to 50. 20 to 30 are not not useful. They fight. You know, today, this uh, college age and all that, they should fight on the campuses. They should... um, uh, Gain many, many young people, students for the Lord, right? They should be doing this, and they should go to the full-time training to be more equipped to be soldiers of Christ, am I right? To fight for the truth, to fight for the church life, and to be trained and mentored in a uh, perfected in a proper way. So I just say this much, brothers, uh, maybe this is a good time to stop here. Uh, you know, I, I went over time. Forgive me. But brothers, I'm here just opening my heart to you. Time is short. Uh, but I, 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 I'm not here just to um, uh, expound the word, word merely. I have such a burden as I see looking forward to what the Lord can do in Canada. With 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 uh, with what the Lord has given to us, and also with what seems to be the Spirit's move today in His recovery in North America, to advance, to go on, to turn a new page, to enter into a new season, a new season of the Lord's move among us. 
As I consider that, then I look at all you brothers. I said, thank you. Thank you for these hundreds of brothers, hundreds of sisters, many husbands and wives, and families. Lord, Lord, grant them this kind of a mercy um, that they will what? make a new vow to you, have a new consecration to you and commitment to you to what? To serve you in the church. I stop here, brothers. Maybe there's some brothers who now like to uh, say a few words to confirm this word.